Well, for an American, it is definitely out of the way. It's a, uh, I calculate it's a 26 hours of actual flight time uh, just to get here. So it, it takes a long time to get here. But, you know, we come at an invitation, uh, just like we came to Broken Hill at an invitation. We came to Alice Springs at an invitation. And so we've been invited to come here by the local Christian uh, pastors and ministers, uh, Christian businessmen to, to come here and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. So it's it's a great opportunity. This is a community that's been praying for their community as well. I've never seen the pastors uh, pray for their community on and off. And when they heard on vision what was going on in Alice, they said, man, we got to be a, we want to be a part of that. So uh, I can only come about every two years to Australia, I get other commitments, but um, and so they said, all right, we'll, we'll look for 2018. And so uh, grateful for the opportunity to be here in uh, Kalgoorlie, Boulder now. Been a big year for you and for your family this year with the passing of your grandfather, uh, Billy Graham. He's left an amazing legacy. How do you feel about that legacy when you think about it? Do you feel the weight of responsibility of, of carrying that forward? Well, I'll tell you, it, it, you're, you're exactly right. It's been kind of one of those... Um, roller coaster years and um, but you know my grandfather died on February 21st it wasn't a day too early or day too late and um, and I mean that because I don't understand the exact why there was nothing physically wrong with him he had he had prostate cancer but the doctor said you'll never die of prostate cancer you'll die of old age before it prostate cancer gives you a problem but there was nothing wrong with him um, he just died of old age As a matter of fact the coroner said if I could I would have I can't put down worn out on the death certificate. I gave him rest, you know, he, he put down respiratory failure, but uh, he said he was just worn out. There was nothing wrong with him. Uh, it was just his time to go home. But, uh, you know, uh, my grandfather, uh, he died at the age of 99 as a world council, but really he was 100, 100 years old. I mean, February 21st was his 100th, February 21st. He saw 100 what we call American Thanksgivings, which is the end of November. We had a 100 Christmases, a 100 New Year's, and he had 100 um, February 21st, uh, the day that he died. And so uh, this last few years, he hadn't done much ministry-wide. Um, written, He was able to help work on a few books. But for the most part, it was a pretty much bedroom. But he leaves a great legacy behind. And uh, uh, one is uh, his children and his grandchildren. That's going to be, his, I think, his greatest legacy. Uh, those one that he pours life into. Um, there's uh, five children, 19 grandchildren. I'm not going to tell you how many great-grandchildren because I'm embarrassed to say I, don't, I can't keep count anymore. It's, it's way out of my control now. But um, God's been so good. But he's also led, a, he's met, he's led so many people to Christ in his lifetime. 
personally. Uh, we estimate around about 3 million people gave their life to Jesus Christ in his uh, really about uh, 60 years of Billy Graham Evangelistic Association meeting, but he preached for another 20 years before that. So he preached close to 80 years on this earth. And so he had a profound impact just because of his age for 80 years of ministry, public ministry. People often say, you know, well, who's going to take Billy Graham's place? And, uh, well, there's only going to be one Billy Graham. No one's going to take Billy Graham's place. There's only one Billy Graham. But my granddaddy answered the question by pointing out to a whole bunch of itinerant evangelists assembled in uh, Amsterdam said, they are. That's why I'm here doing this conference, to pour my life into these other men and women. So that when they go back to Africa, when they go back to Asia, when they go back to the Middle East, when they go back to South America, wherever they might be, they're going to be the evangelists to carry on my ministry. And so that's what we see all around the world. And um, we're so grateful that my grandfather took time to, to pour his life into so many other people. So when you think about the responsibility that we have, you know, Scripture is pretty clear. Jesus was pretty clear when he said to go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples. Uh, he was clear that we needed to understand the times. You know, he said, be as, as shrewd as snakes and as gentle as doves as you go, but not to back away from the truth. When you think about that in the context of the world that is around us, which especially in the West is becoming less friendly to the Christian message, how do we respond to that? What should we do? I just finished reading my granddad's autobiography, Just As I Am. And uh, I learned a lot about my granddad. Some of, a lot of it I already knew. But there's some things that my granddad, he was just bold. He was a bold man. And uh, he would get up and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ at any opportunity that he had a chance. Uh, he was not timid because he goes, I'm God's ambassador. I work for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's got my back. I just got to be faithful in representing him truthfully. And so I remember he shared this story when he was down in the south, southern, I say the south, the southern part of the United States. He was in a hotel. This is back in the 1940s, um, late 40s or something like that. And he was staying in a hotel and there was a big party down at the other end of the hall and he couldn't go to sleep. So he put his bathrobe on. It shows you how old, long time ago this is. I'm not sure how many men wear bathrobes anymore, but he goes in there and uh, knocks on the door and he stands. He's six foot four and he stands above everybody else and says, uh, you know, uh, he goes, my name's Billy Graham and I want to address the people. Now, he, no one who knows who Billy Graham is. He's not famous at the time. And they said, OK. And uh, he said, uh, you should be ashamed of yourself. Most of your Sunday school teachers are churchgoers and the way you're acting right now, your pastor would be ashamed of you. I mean, he called them out. And one lady goes, I'm a Sunday school teacher. Another man said, I'm a deacon. And all this, it's like confession time. All these people start confessing their sins. He said he never heard a peep. And he looks back. He says, man, what was I thinking? That was passion. I said those things. But he was being bold for the gospel. And he used it to tell people and make them repent of their sin. And it was, he was in a bathrobe doing it. And I'm, I'm afraid so many Christians feel like we're, we're not bold enough to you know, tell people about Jesus Christ. You know, we represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and I think that we need to be bold, like my grandfather was bold. And you may not be doing it in your bathroom, down in a hotel room or something like that, but when people ask, we don't, sometimes we shy away from the gospel. That's when we got to be bold with the gospel, tell them about Jesus Christ, and let God plant that seed or turn that person to Jesus Christ. And you never know when the you're going to lead someone to Christ. And uh, so I've been trying to be more bold in my intentionality of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, I think that's one of the great things that we can do, is, uh, especially in the world that we live in. Even though it's hostile, be bold about it. Some people are going to say, no, nah, out of here. I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, that's okay. You've been faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ and sharing the gospel. But yet there's going to be that one. There's going to be that one that turns his life to Jesus Christ, and that's going to be well worth it. 
So does that mean we're going to see you in a bathrobe uh, up on the stage sometime soon? Boy, if you, you see me in a bathrobe, you're going to make fun of my legs. <laughs> That's for sure. We don't have pretty legs in our family. <laughs> what would you say to the person who is feeling despondent about the world around us? You know, we see so much negative going on. There's, there's conflict, you know, on a global scale. There's conflict at, uh, in families. Uh, there's, the society seems to be breaking in all sorts. You know, I saw a survey the other day that shows the level of trust in institutions world wide is declining right across the board whether that's business governments the church people are not knowing what to put their faith and their trust into we can be left feeling lacking in hope even as christians the things that we're doing perhaps aren't making a difference well i always remind people that the whole world's known nothing but turmoil since adam and eve sinned it's always been in turmoil my granddaddy his generation went through world war one world war two the world war one was known as the great war the war to end all wars. Well, that fell short of that goal, didn't it? But, you know, World War II, another great world war. Uh, For the Americans, it would later be Korea, then Vietnam. There was the Gulf Wars, uh, you know, the wars with uh, Afghanistan, the Taliban, and with ISIS. So there's always been conflict. That's not going to be changing anybody's generation. We're always going to have problems in this world. It's easy to become despondent on it. But we become despondent if we're not keeping our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Even as Christians, it's important that we keep our eyes on Christ and for what he's called us to do. If you do look at the news, man, we're never going to have hope. I mean, it's horrible. Um, especially if you go to my country in America, I think everything's bad news. Uh, they, can't, they can't find good news. Um, it's hard to find, but it's easier to find gold here in the gold fields than it is good news on, on uh, American television. The thing is, we've got to keep our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. We know where we're going. We're only pilgrims passing through this world. Everything's temporal, but we've got to spend every minute of our life telling people, hey, this life's not it. There's a life to come. And man, that should give, that's what gives us hope is, hey, this life's not it. Man, things are going to get better in a place called heaven. When the Prince of Peace comes down to this earth and he, he settles all the wars, and, but yet if, if we die before then, we're going to go to a place called heaven. Man, that's, that's what this life's really about. And that's something we can put our faith in and our trust in and our hope in is that this life is not it. There's a greater life yet to come, but it's only for those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. And if they don't put their faith in Jesus Christ, then they'll spend eternity in a place called hell, separated from God for eternity, not for a hundred years, not for a thousand years, not for a million years and you get out on good behavior. It's over. You're separated from Christ forever. That's why it's imperative as Christians we tell people about Jesus Christ and uh, give them a chance to respond. Just to wrap things up, we heard, we've heard a lot of stories this year about uh, the, the Graham family's experience with your grandfather. What about yourself? What do you remember as growing up, you know, maybe sitting on his knee and, and a special story that he told you or uh, something special that really sticks in your mind? Well, I want people to know that Billy Graham, to me, was, uh, we call him Daddy Bill. That's our name for our grandfather. We call him Daddy Bill. That's our love name for my grandfather, Daddy Bill. And uh, Daddy Bill, he was my grandfather. You know, the world lost Billy Graham, but I lost Daddy Bill. And um, my mama, you know, my, my dad and his siblings, they lost their dad, their father. And they all called him uh, Daddy. Uh, even my dad would call him Daddy. Uh, didn't call him Dad or Father. He called him Daddy. It was that sense of closeness, and they're a very close-knit family in the sense to their parents. Every kid always felt like they were the most special in his presence. 
that's how he had that effect on people. Um, I'm so grateful that uh, I got to live close to him. I got to travel the world with him some. Um, not really with him, but my father, Franklin Graham, would take me to see his crusades in, in London or out into California or, you know, in, uh, in Puerto Rico or something like that. So I got to travel and see my granddaddy in, in other continents and, and uh, to preach the gospel. But the, the, I think one of the best memories I had was, was in California. And I can't remember exactly what city. I was pretty young. We'll just say about 10 years old. And my dad and I were driving up to the hotel, and there was a line of people going, coming out of the building and, walk, and going all around the block of the hotel. And it was a line. I'm, you're talking about like 1,000 people. They were there to see my granddaddy. He had just spoken to everybody, but everyone got in the line because they all want to shake hands with Billy Graham. When I went into the the auditorium, uh, like a it was kind of like a convention center in a hotel, like a big room, big square room. I walked in. There was my granddaddy, and I was waiting for him to quit shaking hands with somebody and he kind of finished shaking hands he was turning around to shake someone else in line and i kind of started walking toward him i was cutting in line and a police officer put his hand up and he said no son you, you need to go get in line he's being real nice you got to go get in the back of the line and that's that line going a thousand people outside the you know going outside the building i was like man i don't want to stand out there to see my own granddad and then about that time my granddad noticed me and he bent down on the knee he said will and he had his arms open wide and and automatically the cop realized oh this he knows this kid and that was my granddaddy and i could approach billy graham not because anything i i did is you know i hadn't done anything but it's because i was related to him and i can come before god the father almighty why not because anything i've done but because i'm his child i'm god's spiritual child through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And so yeah, I just remember that there, right there in front of everybody. My granddaddy stopped everything to hug me in front of this cop that told me no, a line that was impatient with me, and I got to cut line because I knew the my grandfather. And the same is true on the spiritual saints. We get, to, we get access to the Father because of what Jesus Christ did for us, and because we're children of God, we have access to the, our Heavenly Father. And so it was a great spiritual lesson I learned from my grandfather. He, didn't, he wasn't even trying to teach it to me. It was just something that I learned from him. Thank you so much for sharing some of your life with us, some of your stories with us this afternoon. Really appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you guys for helping me uh, proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.